Oh, the world's on fire. Okay, great. Yeah. What else do you got? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You're listening to Southern Podcast. Sapnin'! Sapnin'! You are listening to episode 129 of Sapnin' Podcast with myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards. And just as you thought we have no good left uh. to give, we put out <laughs> a fever dream episode designed to make you feel something. So what you were saying is, by using those puns, what you've said is, yeah. guys, I know you might not like the last episode, which in my mind is a corker, and it was very, very good, and I think it's been very, very well received. It was Sam Carter of Architects. So you use that pun to make it sound like we are dropping off, when really it's happening, and it's going to annoy some people, is bigger than ever. Yes, so, uh, well, that, that's, what yeah. I, that's what I was trying to say, Sean, is when they go, oh, they've had some amazing guests, surely they can't get any better than this, then we have. Wait, it. What was the song lyric? What was the song title again? What was the first one? No good left to give. We've got plenty left to give. So well, thank you for the reinsurance. People... <laughs> 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 yeah, this week's guest is a vocalist of Movement's fame, the wonderful Patrick Miranda. Yes, and oh, what a band! Ever since their inception in 2015, Movements have captured an underground type of cult of followers, mixing from those emo, pop punk, post hardcore, and spoken word scenes. They really hone in on those raw emotional roots, and they're a band I've been obsessed with since the release of their second studio record, No Good Left To Give, last year in 2020. So a couple of months ago, when we got invited to speak with the vocalist, lyricist, and all-around ace dude, Patrick Miranda, we snapped up and had a great laugh about everything which you're about to hear. Yes, we did. Thank you very much to Patrick for coming on. Yeah, they've got some news. This week they're... uh doing a live and next week they're doing a live stream i believe yes is that right yes they are so they're going to be going back to their studio where they've recorded 
every single movement release you've ever heard. Uh, live at Studio 4 is a full band multicam live stream performance that will take place on Thursday 20th of May 2021 with their longtime producer Will Yip involved as well. So make sure you go and check that. It's going to be a very, very special show getting new and old tracks together. You can find more information, tickets and special one-off merch for everything movements at live at studio4.com that's live at studio4.com and this conversation is gonna really get you excited for that sean because not only do we talk about the band's return and dna and new record but a few things that you were very impressed with yeah yeah we talked about the origins of his band how it started and how on the very first show they were they had major labels trying to like they're attending the show trying to court them and sign them and that's that's mental <laughs> what but yeah we um yeah we heard all about it and um we yeah we had a really really lovely time talking to patrick so thank you very much to patrick thank you very much for movement and uh their team for getting involved Yes, definitely. And there's a few surprises on this as well, including how Patrick's become a tart, tattoo artist. Um, some mad experience. Did you say tart? Did you say tart? Tattoo. 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 He became a tart. <laughs> oh, you can't say that anymore, can't. bro. You can't just... <laughs> No, he, he does good. What he does is, oh, what he does behind closed doors <laughs> is Patrick's business, Listen. right? Patrick's movements yeah. are oh. Patrick's movements. They're not for you to decide and judge. I was trying to say draws pretty pictures on people's skin, Sean. That's what I was trying to trying to get at. But also, right? He's met. He's going to tell us a story about hanging out with a certain Harry Potter wizard. So for more witchcraft and oh, wizardry, come up in this episode. <laughs> oh, you said it. Okay, you've given it away. <laughs> Fucking hell. Man. Oh, for fuck's sake. But before we get into this conversation and before we lose the plot, just a quick reminder, as we say every week, please head over to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash sapnin. If you enjoy us making these daft podcasts and conversations with your favorite bands over there, there's a whole host of wonderful people who have created a community off the back of this podcast which we love very 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 much you can get involved with them get some bonus content and exclusive behind the scenes secrets for everything sapning patreon.com forward slash sapning and remember to give us a follow on our social media pages at sapning pod on twitter and instagram Yes, that's at Pod at s-a-p-p-e-n-i-n-p-o-d and that's on instagram and the twitter like he said, get involved with the Patreon. If you've enjoyed any any more than four episodes, you have to now legally become, apparently, Boris Johnson sent me an email this morning. I'll read it out. Oh, Boris is from <laughs> Boris at ToryGovernment.com. Dear Sean, any listeners who have listened to four or more episodes must now legally join the Patreon. Um, and that is guaranteed by Boris Johnson. And as we know, he never, <laughs> never, ever lies. So if, you, if you've listened to four or more episodes, you're not part of the Patreon, uh-oh, best get involved real quick. You can start the lowest tier, go to the highest tier. Nobody's at the highest tier, which is, which is safe for us, luckily. But yeah, check out patreon.com forward slash sapnen and uh, help support the lads in it. Cheers. Yes, please. Yes, please. So without any further chaos to ensue this is our wonderful conversation with patrick miranda from movements what's up then what's happening? 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Sapnin! 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 Yes! <laughs> yes, our guest this week is frontman, singer, and all-round good guy, Patrick Miranda from Movements. Thank you so, so much for coming on, and in no way was that Sapnin forced or predetermined. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yeah, thank you guys so much for having me, seriously. No, no, no worries. Sad to start it off, but yeah, how have you been keeping doing this? I know we had a brief discussion before and say how quick and, <laughs> yeah, and man. long. I mean, it's, it's, it's been weird, you know, to say the least, it's been a very, very weird year. Um, we're, we're getting through it as best as we can. I feel like, you know, with the opportunities that are available to us, like live streaming and that sort of thing. But for the most part, I mean, it's been definitely a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you, um, well, yeah, I'm guessing you had a load of plans this summer. Did you with, uh, after the release of the record, like you. Yeah. I mean, the, this whole year was like totally planned out for us. Like last year. I mean, the, the, the idea surrounding like putting out the record this year is like, we literally took most of last year off. Like we, we did one spring tour last year and then we were like, all right, we're going to take the rest of 2019 off um, to write and record. And then, you know, 2020, hits and we're going to hit the ground running and we're going to do all these big tours. We're going to push the album so hard. We're going to like have an amazing year. Like 2020 is going to be like our biggest year yet. And then that didn't happen. <laughs> and now we're kind of just like, okay, <laughs> so that sucks. Um, it's like expectations versus reality, yeah. you know? Oh yeah. Um, it was definitely a, a huge blow, but 
What are you going to do, you know? Yeah. Well, I was going to ask, you know, taking most of 2019 off, has it been weird now kind of coming back and kind of adapting to all these new things? There's no gigs. You've got to do live streams and be overactive yeah. on social media, if anything. Yeah, it's weird, man. It's it's really weird. Like, that. it almost feels like I'm not even in a band anymore in some ways. Like, I feel like I um, we do these little, like, live stream event things but it almost just feels like a local band playing to like their friends for some reason and and i and maybe that's just because you're literally like just in a room by yourself and like the only like interaction you're getting is like words on a screen you know scrolling up the fucking screen but uh yeah like i i just it feels really weird it's very strange it's like something that i didn't really expect to be our only source of like crowd interaction. So yeah, it's, I don't know. It's weird. Like I said, it does, it doesn't even feel like I'm in a band anymore because <laughs> I haven't played a show in like two years. Oh, wow. I feel for you. I feel for you. Yeah. Um, I'm busting to get out there as well. It's just, I just want to be on stage running about and yeah, I'd imagine you feel, you feel <laughs> the same. Just want to get in, in front of people and just, Totally, man. I just want to, it would be amazing just to be able to travel again. You know, that was like my favorite part about touring is that we just get to go to so many different places. And, uh, you know, we had plans to do a whole bunch of international touring this year because uh, we didn't, uh, I think the last time we did anything international was 2018. And so, yeah, like we were going to do like UK Europe at least once this year. And then we were also supposed to do like Australia. Uh, we were going to try to get to Japan um, we were going to do some more stuff in Southeast Asia and then hopefully also South America too. Um, we had, so we had like all of these things that were like, all right, like we're going to do it. Like we're going to hit some cool places. We're going to fucking go to Brazil. And then it just didn't happen. Finally getting to go to Brazil. <laughs> is that, um, Finally. Is, that a running, Brazil. is that a running theme with your band as well? Cause we've had a couple, oh, of, yeah. couple of bands on who always get to come to Brazil, come to Brazil, every post. Since the beginning of this band, since our first ever fucking song came out, <laughs> come to Brazil. I wonder if it's just one person in Brazil who just loves all rock. Right. Right. And anything with guitars comes out, they're like, fucking come to Brazil, copy and paste. Control V, control V, control V, control V. <laughs> <laughs> it's very possible. I don't know. I mean, I would love to go to Brazil. Mm. We actually had plans to go to Brazil at one point um, in 20. 20- no, it had to have been 2018. I don't know. We had plans to go to Brazil. Uh, and then, like, some, like, weird shit happened. Like, I don't even know if I'm really allowed to talk about it Ooh. type shit happened. But, like, the circumstances of the person who were supposed to be, who was supposed to be, like, the like the person booking the tour, he sort of disappeared. Oh, <laughs> what was these? It was very, very weird. Very shady. <laughs> and... <laughs> No one has heard from him since. Wow. So, oh. so that's what didn't happen. Yeah. Did you, um, yeah. Did you get any sort of like guarantees off him beforehand or? Yeah. That was the weirdest part is that he paid us. <laughs> we, we got paid. So you got paid did for not, not go. going to Brazil. Uh-huh. Good deal. Good deal. <laughs> okay. Again, like, I don't know. Like, I don't even know what I can talk about. Like, I don't know if I'm like incriminating myself. Right. Or if, we like, say, no, if we just say allegedly to everything. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. This man disappeared and no one has heard from him. Yeah. That's like, 
How did he start his business going, I'll tell you what, I fancy paying a percentage of a band's wage and then just never going through with it. It doesn't make sense. Dude, I don't know. That's where we were at, and, too. Unless, we were there's, like... unless there's two fellas in Brazil, one who loves all rock and the other one who hates all rock, and he keeps saying, come to Brazil, and then this guy's a promoter and he's like, oh, you want them, do you? All right, I'm going to book them and then not complete the action. <laughs> Perhaps he's the reason, perhaps that guy's the reason so many bands get asked to come to Brazil. Because they're like, oh yeah, we are meant to be coming over. And then all of a sudden it just fucking disappears. What a bastard of a man. (laughs) Yeah, man. It's very, I don't know. It was very weird, but that was an interesting story. Uh, To this this day, none of us know what happened. As long as you've got the money, I suppose it doesn't matter really. Yeah, it's not a bad payday. I mean, we love conspiracy theories on this, but I don't think we'd make up our own... To start no. this this chat off, I mean, that's definitely something. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Come to Brazil, like come to Brazil. Don't come to Brazil. Whatever, do we want you some money? It's not bad though. I, I don't. I know. I'm not mad at that. I think about it. I'm not like it's yeah. yeah, crazy. Um, but despite not being able to, you know, be creative in the ways of of going to gigs and performing, is there being anything else that's kind of replaced that for you? Because as you said, I haven't done a proper gig in about two years. Yeah, I mean, um, as far as like a job goes, like I, I've been able to like supplement my income in other ways. Unfortunately, I was on like unemployment benefits for a while, uh, like through the through the quarantine and stuff, because I literally could do nothing. Um, but I actually uh, earlier last year, I'd say I, probably about a year ago now. Uh, like, yeah, like October, November of last year, I actually got the opportunity to start a tattoo apprenticeship. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I had been working on my apprenticeship leading up to COVID happening. Um, and I had been, you know, obviously apprenticeships start with very basic tasks and stuff, not really actually tattooing. So I was only able to be actually tattooing skin for like maybe two months, maybe before everything shut down. And so I was like really, really bummed about that. But just recently we did like get the go ahead to like open the shop and stuff. And like, obviously with like certain guidelines and restrictions and, and whatnot and limitations to how many people can be in the shop and, and all that stuff. But um, I am finally allowed to like start taking some uh, appointments to like keep my apprenticeship going, which has been really, really great. So that is like how I'm kind of supplementing my income now is just by tattooing. Um, and hopefully I can continue to tattoo for the rest of the time that I'm not touring. Uh, and that will then be like a second career essentially. So that'll be great. And that's something that's like awesome. Cause it's, I, I've wanted to tattoo for longer than I've even been playing music. That was something that I, I had an opportunity to do before the band started, um, that I, I never really took up. And then, uh, Obviously, like, the band happened, and I had, had no time. Um, so now that I finally have time, it's it's kind of cool. Uh, but then, as far as like just like not like money related shit or like need, like job related shit, like um, I love fishing, and I have probably fished more in the last five six months than I have in my entire life. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, just because there's literally been nothing else to do. Yeah. So. How did you get into the fishing? Is that from a childhood? 
I don't know. <laughs> like I went fishing. I went fishing a couple times in my childhood. I didn't have a fish tattooed on me from before I even really cared about fishing. I was just like, oh, it's a cool tattoo. Uh, and then, yeah, I don't know. Randomly, like um, I was on vacation a few years ago and like we like went on a fishing charter on that vacation. I was like, man, it's a lot of fun. And that just kind of like sparked it. And then, um, yeah, this summer I, I was spending a lot of time. Um, so I, I live right now, I live in LA, but when everything started shutting down and shit started getting really crazy, I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to go, uh, stay with my parents. My parents live in like the Pacific Northwest of the United States. And it's just like really like dense forests and like lakes and shit anyway. So they live like really close to a lake. So while I was up there for like five months, I was just like, well, now is a good a time as any to become a fisherman. Uh, and I just bought like two fishing poles and like a shitload of stuff. I probably spent like so dude, I spent so much money. On fishing stuff. <laughs> I don't even know why. I don't know why. Um, yeah, I did. I did that all summer. So that was fun. That's cool. And that's just what I do now. And then like last week I like competed in a fishing competition. What? what? Don't know why. That's awesome. Yeah. How oh, did you did you, yeah. did you place? Was there anything? Place. There's a I don't know. Joke, I, yeah. <laughs> place. This is the thing. I don't think I won. It was very unofficial. Like ah, it was like okay. the little com- like this little community where my girlfriend's family lives, right? Like they have like a little like man-made lake, right? Like it's just like a like a bougie like white suburb and it's just like they have like a man-made lake and they stock it with fish and then they were like we're having a fishing competition and then uh anyone who wanted to could sign up so it was like mostly like little kids and stuff but it was like yeah like fucking like just measure your fish yourself and then email us the photos and we'll pick a winner (laughs) (laughs) it's very (laughs) yeah i don't know it's really uh (laughs) it was it was very easy probably for someone to scam yeah. the system go buy a big ass fish from the store yeah, there's two <laughs> things i was going to say from that one being you could just google like massive fish and just send them a photo and win and secondly when you said there's loads of kids involved i thought you were just going to say and i beat them all they didn't have a yeah. chance <laughs> turned up like deadpool with two rods and just right who wants I mean, it honestly <laughs> That's probably true, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I sent my photos and I never heard back. Oh, so. I would have um, photo- oh, well. I would have photoshopped my head on um, <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson's body in Deep Blue Sea with a big shark and gone. Look what I got! I caught this. Look at the size <laughs> on this. <laughs> yeah, well, I was yeah, I wasn't expecting fish chat. Brilliant, love it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all I've done. Like tattooing and fishing, that has been like good. Top of my priority yeah, it's list good lately. To, definitely good to keep busy. That's what I've found has been the best for me. Like if I've tried to have like a, a lazy day, I find like halfway through I'm like, oh, I just want to scratch my eyeballs out. I need to talk to somebody. I need to do something. But yeah, I never thought about fishing. Well, I've missed it. Now the weather's awful. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's not, it's, not, it's not a bad idea. I'm going to write you down. Fishing. Wow, I never fished. We've never talked about that yet. Um, crazy. But saying that, there is something else that you have been busy with, and that's the release of Movement's new studio record, No Good Left to Give. Uh, it's your second album. This is true. It's been on the cards for quite a while. I'm sure that even though in all this madness, you're so relieved to finally get out now, see people enjoying it, listening back, and just having it out there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been something that's been in the works for so long, you know, it's, it's been three years since we put out feel something 
kids were just absolutely fucking hammering us for new music. So it was definitely time. You know, you're right. That was uh, in addition to fishing and tattooing, that was like, you know, the biggest priority that we had this, this summer. I was like, just getting everything ready for the release. There was a lot that went into it. Um, I designed the album cover. Um, we're all, that's the thing. It's like the whole band, we're all very involved in like the artistic process of everything. So that goes from all four of us being very much involved in the writing of every single song. Like there's not one person who writes more than anybody else. It's all extremely equal through the entire process. And then that even goes through the end of the process as well. So designing, you know, the, the album cover, doing the layout for the, you know, the booklets and stuff. Although the graphic designer at the record label, like designed it all. Like we were very much involved in like the, I guess, sort of like, overseeing of it all and like kind of like telling him what we wanted and all that stuff um to merch designs and flyer like ad maps and shit like we we do it all ourselves um so it gets a little overwhelming at times um but yeah i mean we i'm we we just kind of had nothing else to do <laughs> really uh originally the record was supposed to be out much earlier in the year it was gonna it was originally supposed to be out in like the, the spring pretty much like right when everything was hitting the fan yeah we like had to push that uh obviously we had like music videos and stuff that ended up getting canceled that's why we ended up having to do the um the animated music video for don't give up your ghost uh and then the skin to skin music video was supposed to be animated as well but the animation like studio like was running into like some time constraints and we were just like yo like it's probably not gonna work so we had to like scramble last minute to like really find something new to do. Uh, and that's how we did like the green screen video on, uh, for skin to skin so that we could still all be socially distant, you know, like none of us, even though like that, that video looks nice and cohesive and stuff, literally none of us worked together that entire time. Oh. Every single person shot their parts separately. Um, in fact, I wasn't even in LA at the time that I shot that video. I'm glad that we talked about this before because now it all makes sense. I shot that my portions of that video in my mom's garage while I was up there in between days of fishing. Wow. Wow. Didn't know that. (laughs) Nice. So, yeah, it's been a year since this record has been recorded. And, and, um, you know, our peers in uh, a band, I'm sure you guys know the band Silverstein, they recorded their record uh, the exact same time that we did. And then their record came out right before everything hit the fan. So, so they like got theirs off like right in time, which I think in some ways is good, but also in some ways like probably not good. Cause like they probably got overshadowed by a lot of the, excuse me, a lot of the shit that was going on, but like they had their, their turnaround time was like much faster and like ours, we ended up waiting and then it was just like a whole, a whole thing. And then I don't know, it was just crazy. Everything about it was insane but we sat on it for a long time and i really wish we could tour on these songs right now because <laughs> they're just getting older yeah but but with that as well i mean obviously because you've written them for, for such a long time ago and you've had the finished project for quite a while do you see the songs in, in a different light now because you've had that more time to kind of reflect on everything let it breathe let it sink in how, how do you see this album compared to anything movement has done before I mean, I still am a strong believer that this record is like 
way, way better than anything that we've ever written in the past. Um, and that's not to say that anything that we've written is like bad. Well, I think that our first three demos are really bad. Like, really bad the, the songs that like got us like discovered really bad songs <laughs> no one no one should have given our vantage can you talk a little bit about that then can you talk about yeah how the demos got you discovered was that uh basically we we recorded a music video for this song actually we recorded a music video for two songs like really early in our career for the first one was called protection the second one was called scripted both are still floating around on YouTube, but that's like the only place you can find them. Um, and they were just really bad. And I don't know, like they're just like cringy and like poorly written and everything is just not good. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah. Like we, we put those out and we, uh, we used like a promotion YouTube channel called Dreambound to like okay. push them because yeah. they, they have like a big following and stuff. They, and they've just posted a lot of like melodic hardcore bands and shit. But anyhow, we, we pushed our music video on Dreambound and that's how it got like so many, like, I guess like eyes on it right away. And because of that, like we just like had this buzz kind of surrounding us. Yeah, I don't know. We we played a couple of shows. There were people from labels at the shows. They were like, "Hey, like that was good." And we were like, "Cool." And then we went to lunch with some label people, and they wined and dined us, and and tried to get us to sign to them. And then we ended up choosing one, hmm. and that's how it happened. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I was actually going to bring this up a bit later on, but I, I read somewhere that like after just your first gig, you did get these offers between fearless and hopeless and obviously you've been with fearless for a few years since that and everything but what was that experience like i mean just playing some really early shows and already getting those like kind of major rock emo labels wanting to to work with you guys dude it was fucking crazy like none of us ever would have expected to have anything like that happen especially not after one show like it was crazy. It didn't even feel real. And then we were all kind of just like, Oh shit. Like this is like maybe happening. Like what is going on? And then we, yeah, we, I mean, like I said, we went to dinner with a couple different label reps, uh, from both sides. And, um, I think at one point, like we were actually leaning more towards going to copeless. And then we like ended up switching gears and we were like, Oh wait, maybe fearless. And then I think at one point equal vision was also like, Hey, like here's an offer uh and then yeah i don't know we were just it was just so weird like right off the bat having so many i guess like uh options mm, yeah I, I don't know yeah but like good good options as well like yeah. good record, <laughs> yeah. good yeah. Well record labels yeah it was amazing and we were just kind of like all right cool like i mean and we're at a point in our lives where all four of us were just like we're fucking doing this like we're we're going in like we're gonna like try and and make music a profitable career like that was the goal at that time it still is the goal but i mean like at that time we were just like yo we have nothing else to lose like fuck our jobs fuck everything that's going on like we're just gonna go fucking balls deep in this thing and we're just gonna try it so yeah i mean that that happened um and it was cool i mean it ended up being really beneficial i guess in the long run 
Um, I'm glad that it was able to happen when it did, because if it had happened any time like recently, it probably wouldn't happen. <laughs> Can I ask, though, what was the kind of deciding factor that swung you to fearless over hopeless? $20 million. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wish. Uh, I think the the biggest things that fearless was just like, hey, uh, you know, we heard that you guys want to work with Will Yip. Um, We already talked to him and he wants to, like, produce your first record. And we were like, okay <laughs> cool uh and so yeah they're yeah they were just like yeah we can get you will yet and that was like the biggest thing for us because we from the beginning of this band all all of us were just like we want to work with will yet because he's produced some of like the most influential records period for me i mean he has literally produced like at least one if not multiple of every single one of my favorite band's records ever like you know what i'm saying and like and it's just crazy um so yeah we 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 were like yeah we we have to work with him just because all of his records a sound amazing b he's such a good writer like he he doesn't get enough credit i feel like for his actual songwriting i think he gets more credit for his his production and and his engineering and and just him as a producer but i don't think that a lot of people recognize how like genuinely like gifted this man is when it comes to music because he's so good at taking a song and bringing it from an okay song yeah sure this is fine to like let's try this let's switch those things around let's do this melody let's change that guitar part blah 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 blah. and then boom that song has now been taken from an okay song to like a holy fuck i need this song on repeat type song yeah i mean and and that's just something that that I don't even think we realized until we actually started working with him and like got to co-write with him. And we were just like, damn, like this is fucking sick. Like this dude, just like everything he, he brings to the table is like always good. Like he never has a bad suggestion for, for our, our songs. And yeah, it's just, it's cool, man. Plus he's just a really, really nice guy. It's really nice to see that, uh, yeah, how happy you are to like openly work with like a producer and stuff. Cause I like, I know some bands, like, especially, Back in my back in my day, <laughs> Jesus! Back in my day in 1952, when everything was black and white, bands were too cool to admit that you know anybody would help with their songs. We write them and yeah. that's it. And but I found working as a producer as has always benefited the band, and it's always benefits the songs. And yeah, a lot of people in bands were always too stubborn to be like have a producer. They just wanted a good engineer. That's basically all they ever wanted. But um, yeah, it's awesome that you've yeah that you've got to work with Will and um, yeah, love him. He's the best. He's he's seriously the best. I don't. I mean, I I definitely would work with other producers. I don't want to say that I would never work with another producer, but um, I don't feel the need to <laughs> at any point in this band's career. I don't I don't know if we ever will need to work with another producer because I think that in some ways Will almost feels like a fifth member of this band. Even if at some point later down the line, fucking 10 years from now, if we happen to be the biggest radio band in the fucking world, won't happen. But let's say hypothetically. And, you know, we're signed to some fucking major label and they're like, you need to work with this producer, not Will yet. We'd probably still be like, all right, cool. We'll work with that producer. But Will's going to be in the room. All the time. <laughs> yeah. <nice. laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. So. I, I, yeah. I'm glad you bonded so much. That's. 
Yeah. yeah, it's awesome yeah. to you. Awesome. But if we go back to the new record, No Good Left to Give, I mean, how would you really describe in that sense the difference in songwriting between the band of those early demos to now? Have you always felt that there's just been an evolution and tried to throw new ideas whenever you're all in a room together? I mean, how would how would you say about that process? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the songs... And our songwriting in general has just gotten better with age. You know, we've all grown up. We've all kind of, I think when the, when the band first started as well, you know, I was only, I was like 19. Like there was a lot of like that sort of like teenage angst and like um, aggression and, and wanting to do my own thing and have freedom. You know, I was just on the brink of like total freedom from like my parents and stuff but like not quite there. Cause I was still like living with them. And like, I was like still relying on them for a lot of stuff. And like, I don't know, like, I feel like a lot of like those just kind of like basic, like dumb teenager uh, topics were like kind of what fueled my early writing. Um, and that also goes hand in hand with like my reli- my writing about like my relationships at that point, like relationships at the time that I thought were just like, you know, be all end all when in reality it's like i was a fucking teenager (laughs) like i didn't know i didn't know anything i wasn't in love i was just a kid you know and so yeah i i just think that like my writing like my lyricism and like my ability to say what i want to say has really just been amplified so so much And, and i mean i think you hear that in the writing all the way from like you hear a definite progression from outgrown things to feel something in my writing style. And then I think in from feel something to no good left to give, there's even more significant change. So yeah, I think it's just like a maturity factor. And that also ties into the instruments as well. You know, for instance, on, on the last record. So Ira, our guitar player, he didn't write outgrown things with us at the time. We had a different guitar player um, who wrote outgrown things um, and then Ira joined the band. And then when we were writing Feel Something, I feel like maybe Ira felt like he needed to kind of like mimic what he thought movements was supposed to sound like, right? And in many ways that worked. Um, I think that Feel Something is still a great record and that there are some very good songs on it. Um, but I think with this new album, he kind of stepped out of that and was like, I don't need to fucking like make my shit sound like anything else. Like I, I have complete freedom to do whatever I want. And, and that's how we all felt, you know? And so this record was just a really natural progression. I feel like, um, you know, we weren't trying to accomplish anything. We, we weren't trying to set an expectation other than we just wanted the music to be better. And so, yeah, I mean, we threw kind of like all references to feel something out the window and decided like, we're just going to, we're going to write whatever we write and, and that's what the record's going to be. And it's not going to, it's not going to, it doesn't need to be feel something part two. It doesn't need to be what everyone expects movements to sound like, you know, it's, it's going to be what we want because that's what we like. And if people like it, great. And if they don't, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well said. But you mentioned the track Skin to Skin earlier on, and I have to say I've been obsessed with that since the first time I heard it, um, especially Thank that you. hook. Yes, yes, Especially yes. the hook. I but I actually believe that that guitar part was actually like introduced to you all as a joke. 
Yeah, <laughs> straight up. It was, it was introduced as a joke. Like we were, um, we were all sitting in Ira's room. We were, we were demoing out some other song. I don't remember what song it was that we were working on, but Spencer and Austin were arguing about something or, or I don't know, maybe they weren't arguing, but they had been like doing their own thing. Like, talking about like a certain part and how the bass was like fitting with the drums. And they had just been doing their own thing for like an hour. So I was just fucking sitting there on my phone. Ira's over like in the other corner, like just, I mean, Ira's just kind of a freak. And so he always does weird shit. And so he was just like writing this, this ridiculous song, like ridiculous. And it had that boom, 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 boom. You know, it had that in it, but then there was just like, five other like insane layers on it and it sounded ridiculous but at the same time i was like this is actually like in some ways kind of sick and then he was like really and i was like yeah well like what if and then i was just like fuck it like humor me you know what if we took that lead and like put it over like a more normal like rhythm guitar and then we added like a chorus to it and let's just like see how it sounds i was like yo this is fucking good and then like I, I took Austin and Spencer away from whatever they were doing to be like, yo, like listen to this song. And they were, they were both just like, Oh shit. Like this is actually sick. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, what started off as our just kind of like fucking around and making something for the hell of it turned into what is probably my favorite song on the record. And yeah, I think, I think that song's awesome. I love like oldies music and eighties uh, music and shit. Like, and to me, that lead in the beginning reminded me of like uh, everybody wants to rule the world by Tears mm. for Fears, like similar vibe in a way. Um, and I was just like, man, like that's such a cool, like I don't know, such a cool vibe. I knew it had to be like a real song. So, yeah, <laughs> it was cool. Nice, we made it one. Good one. Made your song. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, lyrically, am I right in saying that this is the first song you've written about sex? Yep. First one. <laughs> it was weird. It, it, it was, it was definitely a, a new experience. And this is the thing is like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be nervous yeah. about it. Like I, I'm fucking 25 years old. Like I shouldn't <laughs> be nervous about like talking about yeah. it, but at the same time, at the same time, it was just like so new to me to like, obviously like to people I'm close with and like my friends and stuff, that's like a pretty normal topic of conversation. But when it comes to, for whatever reason, like putting it into music that like created this like extra layer of like legitimacy, I guess. Yeah. I was going to say what I found with it is sometimes when you're trying to write, I don't know, se- let's call it sexy lyrics for now. <laughs> um, yeah. It, yeah. It feels like it's one or two ways. It feels like it's either like, Oh, oh, have I done this and I feel a bit dirty? Or is this a bit cheesy? Or is it a bit Motley Crue sleazy? Like <laughs> Exactly. And there's 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 a fine line I think between making something sound like elegant and like sensual and making it sound like trashy uh and like vulgar, you know? Um and and it's stupid because it's like there's so like fucking every song on the radio is about sex every fucking song you know and so it's like i really shouldn't be i I shouldn't have been nervous and i'm not nervous about it anymore but like going into it i was like oh my fucking god like also because um i think that although i don't even really know if this is true or not 
because based on like our demographics and our numbers, our numbers speak otherwise, but um, it just like has always felt like to me, our fan base is a lot younger than I am in many ways. uh, I really dislike when an artist has a young fan base and then like over sexualizes themselves. I I think it's really creepy and, and weird. But then like, I also have to remember that like the same fans who were, you know, like 16 and 15 and 16, when they started listening to movements are no longer 15 and 16. They're fucking growing up. They're like in their twenties now, because when this band started, I was still in my teens and now, you know, so like, I have to, I have to remember the fact that like our, our fans for the most part are growing up with us. Um, and for the most part are probably adults. Yeah. So it wasn't, a. a, a a sort of like a nervous thing for me for a minute, but I've gotten over that because <laughs> yeah. who fucking cares? Yeah. Next album Whatever. is just full of uh, <laughs> d- every song. Yeah, d- dick a tit, stick a tit, stick a tit, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> every every song, the whole album, the, the album is called Dick and Tits. <laughs> Yeah. DMT. Yes. Ten percent coming out. Oh wow. Um. Uh, but since we've um, talked a little bit about the earlier days of movements as well, I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on. Obviously, when Feel Something came out, there seemed that a lot of publications or media or just fans online kind of grouped you in this emo revival kind of scene with, with a lot of your peers and bands you've toured with. How was that kind of for you? Was it was it something that you were aware of or, or ignored? Did you feel any more kind of pressure having kind of like a revival stance on the scene that so many people love? I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. Genre for us has always been really weird because the people who who put us into that like emo revival genre are not the same people who are putting us. In, how, how, what am I trying to say? Um, basically, like, I feel like genre is so subjective when it comes to like just the person, you know? Because some people were saying like, "Oh, this new band movements," you know, they just put out the six song EP. And it's like super emo revival. And then other people are like, yo, this new band movements put out this EP and it's uh, very melodic, melodic, hardcore. And then there were some people who were like, oh, movements, they're a new pop punk band, fresh and coming up in the pop punk scene. And it's just like, how, what? <laughs> how are we? Morgan, we Morgan, simultaneously? Morgan, if you can, we're gonna need to clip that bit of it. Pat, Pat's face was perfect. It's fucking people need to see. They're, they're gonna hear this, but they need to see his, his face. How? It was fucking. Perfect. It was comedy genius. Totally. But you know, I understand what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, like, it was just. It's just so weird because our music has been grouped into so many of these different subgenres that I feel like it's not even about how your music sounds anymore. It's more so someone's opinion on your genre is based entirely in their own standing in the music scene and the music that they associate themselves with. It's more, that's more so what genre is these days and not even really about the band. It's what you think you are, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. It's just fucking, it's just weird. Mm. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, I've, I've noticed there's been so many different influences throughout movement's history. Like, you mentioned Tears for Fears there. The new album sounds very, like, atmospheric. It seems like you've dived into a lot of different resources as well. Is, is that just being something constant, that you're all listening to different kinds of music anyway? So genre's just not something you really care about. Totally, yeah. I mean, I don't think, yeah, I don't think the genre is really important to us, like, 
at all. Obviously, we're never going to be like some like dubstep EDM crossover oh, band yeah. or some weird <laughs> oh, shit. That's it. <laughs> Bye. See you. Yeah. Thank you very much. That's this weekend. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like if we all, for some reason, were like, let's write a folk album, we would write a fucking folk album. Like, we just don't care, you know? We don't care what, like, the confines of a certain genre say. Because, in my opinion, all of these genres that we've been grouped into have a ceiling, you know? The pop-punk scene has a ceiling. The, that's why you see the only big pop-punk bands, the only pop-punk bands who have made it past the pop-punk scene are only because they capitalized on the pop aspect of it. They went pop. It's pop rock at this point. And that's the only way that they've been able to transcend that realm. Um, otherwise, you see bands that get big and then don't go anywhere. And I don't want to, like, name names because, like, I don't want to badmouth anybody. But, like, I'm sure you know the type of band that I'm talking about. And, and that goes with emo and, and fucking especially, like, melodic hardcore. Like, how many melodic hardcore bands do you hear on the radio? The answer is fucking zero like <laughs> yeah, zero yeah. uh those bands although they're awesome are never going to be on the same level and our goal for this band has always to be to it always been to be the biggest band that we can possibly be because we don't ever want to work normal jobs again although we had to because this year has sucked but we don't ever past all of this you know when all this is said and done we don't want to work normal jobs ever again we want to be self-sustaining and be able to pay our bills strictly through music. And not only do we want to like, we don't want to just get by paying our bills through music. Like we want to be comfortable. We, we want to have a certain lifestyle and, and have, uh, you know, families and, and be able to drive nice cars. And um, not that it's all about the money, but it is about success. It's about being able to have something sustainable that has longevity. Um, and I think the only way to do that is to branch out and, and make it into somewhat of the mainstream realm. And I think that you can do that without sacrificing your integrity as a musician too. You know, I think you can write music that is still very much based in what, you know, the band has always been or, or like the, the ideas and, and the sort of um, vibe that a certain genre brings to the table without sacrificing like yourself or selling out, right? I think there's a difference between selling out and then writing shitty music and being a successful band who makes the money and still, but who still writes good music, you know, respectable music. So I don't know. I think that's just the goal. You know, it's like, we just want to be a big band. Um, and that means that we can't think about genre because once you get to a certain level, I don't think genre matters at all. It's just a matter of, is your music good enough? to appeal to a wide range of people yeah that's it totally totally and having time now to kind of reflect on everything that you've done in the past and look back on mad tours and going overseas festivals experiences and, and everything like that is this something that sticks in your mind that when you are able to look back that you think oh i can't believe we were able to do x y or z like is there like a, a precise moment of touring with one of your favorite bands or meeting someone or getting that kind of recollection from someone you never imagined dude yeah straight up like i think the first time that that happened for us is when uh, we went on tour with good charlotte nice. And, nice and good charlotte was one of those bands for me 
that like really shaped or like helped shape my um, musical interests as a kid. So like I had a, a cousin who was like very into like punk rock and stuff. He was a, I don't know, he's probably like maybe 10 years older than me. No, maybe not even that. Maybe like six or seven. <laughs> who knows? Anyway, an older cousin who was like coming in, and this was like when I was maybe like eight years old. He had come down and he was visiting us like with his aunt and whoever. I don't know. And he had this little like Walkman CD player. Uh, and like one morning while he was still asleep, I like went and like stole his CD player and like just because I wanted to like no, like I wanted to be cool. So like I wanted to like listen to the, to the CD player too. And Good Charlotte was the the CD that was in it. And I was like, oh my God, this is so good and, and whatever. Anyway, long story short, he ended up giving me the CD. Um, and then he introduced me to other bands like Simple Plan. I'm trying to think of who else. It, it was so long ago, probably Green Day. I don't know. And like that was like so big for me. And I was like, man, I, I straight up, I watched the music video for the Anthem by Good Charlotte hundreds of times when I was like nine years old, like so fucking much. I would just watch it on repeat too. Cause I thought it was so cool. And so then, yeah, I mean, fast forward, uh, 2016, I met, I think it was Joel. I don't know. I met one of the Madden brothers at, um, these like music award things, uh, like the AP, all, yeah, the alt yeah, press yeah. music award, whatever fucking thing. They, they played a show. I met one of them. It was really cool. And then our manager knows their manager and like, didn't realize how big of a fan I was. And I told our manager, she's like, Oh, that's so crazy. Like I'm like, good. Like I know them. I was like, that's insane. And then, uh, the next year they offered us a tour. Yeah. It was like, it was them and, and Silverstein. And we were just like, Holy fuck. Like <laughs> this is a huge, this is a huge opportunity. And that was, that for me, it was just like, man, like that's big. You know, like that's so crazy that we were able to like go on tour with one of the bands that like really shaped my early listening as a kid, you know, plus they're just, they're fucking rock stars, man. They're, they're married to like <laughs> literal celebrities, like, yeah, like crazy shit, man. <laughs> um, so yeah, I completely forgotten who they were married to then. I mean, like, <laughs> oh, they are, yeah, they are. Cameron yeah. Diaz and Nicole Richie, insane, like A-list celebrities. Surely they should. Someone's approached them about a reality TV show, The Madden's. <gasps> I'm sure. Surely, I'm sure. Surely. And I would watch the fuck have. out of it. Yeah, yeah same. Snap. It's like the Osbournes, but for 2020. <laughs> oh, I'm on it. I'm going to write that down as well. No, I'm gonna... Yeah, this, this podcast might not even come out because I've had so many good ideas to make money other ways. I'll be like, oh, fuck this yep. podcast shit. Um, what, what are you going to Good Charlotte, do you fancy a reality TV show about fishing? <laughs> oh, hey. Oh, well, hey. Uh, all right, there you go. We're all ties together. Let's go. I'm trying to think of a pun. I'll be the executive producer. It's oh, it's on, it's on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah, that's an awesome, that's an awesome story. Yeah, what was um, yeah, what, what was the first night like playing to their crowd? Insane. No one gave a fuck about us. It was hilarious. We played to. It was so the first show. Oh my god, dude, the first show was so wild. I'm just like remembering back. We were in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Um, played to like a fucking like. 4,000 cap room, maybe more. It's huge. The biggest shows we've played like to date. Fucking massive room. 
Um, the dude who played Draco Malfoy in Harry Potter was there. Uh, we met. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love uh, this. Yeah. So we turned up. It's a four thousand capacity arena. There's a fucking wizard here. <laughs> fucking. Uh, what that? What the hell's her name? Tom. Tom Felton, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, Tom, so, Tom yeah. Felton apparently is a good Charlotte fan and apparently was living in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, uh, and then went to the good Charlotte show and then saw our band play. And then after the fact, we were outside watching good Charlotte and saw him watching good Charlotte. And then we stalked him to the bathroom because he went to the bathroom <laughs> and then myself and probably four or five of us basically ambushed him and said, we love you. Can we take a picture with you? And then he was like, uh, cause he had just come out of the bathroom. And then we were like, <laughs> I'm trying to piss guys. Let me finish pissing first. Then, Let me finish pissing And then first. he was like, yeah, let's take a picture. And then we took a picture and he was like, all right, cool. And then after the show, we felt really bad because we had ambushed him. So I walked up to him after things had like quieted down. So we were like yelling in his ear, like good Charlotte was playing and we're like fucking screaming at this dude. Like, can we take a picture with you? Um, weirdest night. Anyway, after the show had calmed down, he's just like chill. He's like at the bar or whatever. Like it's nice and quiet and whatever. I walk up to him. like, Hey man, I'm really sorry. We ambushed you earlier. We were just really excited to see you. Our band just started like this tour. Like we're opening for good Charlotte. Like, it's a really insane, insane opportunity for us. So like, we're just really excited. And he was like, that's amazing, man. Like, good for you guys. And I was like, holy fuck, you're Draco Malfoy. <laughs> uh, and, and anyway, so he goes, so, so I, I'm like, here, like, take this shirt. Like, I want you to have a shirt from our band. And he was like, wow, thanks, dude. So he takes this shirt from our band. It's one of our fucking merch items we have on sale. Later that night, he posted a picture with a fan wearing our shirt he's wearing a movement oh. shirt i was like what the yeah, fuck that's nice. crazy draco malfoy <laughs> is wearing my shirt at a good charlotte show psychotic you should have done a collab you could have had malfoy and movement collab oh. I, maybe maybe he'll hear this maybe for some fucking odd stroke of luck he'll hear this and he'll be like i should hit them up let me know, Draco. It's not a bad idea. Also, yeah, if he's listening to this, come on the podcast as <laughs> yeah. well. Yeah, when I had, blo- I had my hair dyed blonde for several years, and that was the go-to. The ongoing um, joke. Yeah. Oh, Draco. Oh, yeah, I get it. I get it. Apart from I'm fucking about 20 years older than him. Um, oh, God. Wow. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. This is the thing, see. This is what we like. Listeners to the podcast love hearing band stories yeah. of like when they met their heroes or crazy shit. Like last week's episode, we had a guy called Saxel Rose on who plays Dude, sax. I love him. I fucking love him. <laughs> he just did a saxophone cover of, uh, I think it was Daylily. He, he posted a saxophone. It wasn't really a cover. It was more him like fucking riffing over it. It was so badass, dude. Next time that we play a show in his area, I deadass want him to come on stage and play at, play a song with us and just fucking rip. I'm not even going to sing. I'm going to let him do the whole thing. Amazing. <laughs> nice. Yeah, he came on and he, he was telling us about how he got to play with Paramore and stuff and you could just see his face light mm. up. And it was just... Because at the end of the day, we all start as fans. Yeah. And then we, we get into these situations where... Like I got, I ended up getting like kind of blase to it, like even jaded by it. Like I'd be walking past people and be like, "Oh yeah," like my girlfriend would be like, "Oh my god, there's a date to remember," and I'd be like, oh, "All right, yeah, what?" Well, you know, 
let's go get a drink. Yeah. But yeah, it got like it's just got to the point where it's so, but it's people love hearing these stories of like when people meet their heroes or whatever. Totally. Is there um is there anybody that you haven't met that you want to meet that um, you want to confess your dying love for? Uh, I'm a huge Bring Me the Horizon fan, and it was really weird because the literal first tour we ever did in the UK, as soon as we stepped off the plane and like left the airport, right? Um, like Ollie Sykes and then like the rest of Bring Me the Horizon like walked directly past us the opposite direction. And I was like, that is the most UK thing that could have possibly happened to me <laughs> right now. Yeah. I just landed at London Heathrow. I just got my bags. I'm walking outside to meet our tour manager at the van and bring me the horizon walks right past me. I'm like, in what fucking world would that have ever just happened? Just <laughs> yeah. Like I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. That's like me landing in New Jersey and then being like, Oh look, Bruce Springsteen exactly. is leaving New Jersey <laughs> right like, now. What the fuck? Um, and so I didn't say hi cause I was sleep deprived and, and in okay. a new country for the first time and just like, what the fuck is going on? I didn't even know if it was real. It was real. It turns out, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was crazy, but I would love to meet them like officially instead of just like weirdly creeping on them in the airport. I don't know. Fuck. Who else would I want to meet? I would love to meet like post Malone. I would love to meet. I don't know. I like, yeah, I like a lot of hip hop. I like a lot of rappers. It'd be cool to meet like some of like the, the bigger rappers right now. I would love to meet the baby. I think he's cool. Nice. I don't know. What's your views on um, Little Dicky? I love like Little Dicky. <laughs> Dude, it's so weird that you're bringing this up. I saw him at a fucking... <laughs> I saw Little Dicky at... Okay, so uh, in West Hollywood, um, every Saturday before the pandemic, every Saturday there was a flea market um, on Melrose and Fairfax. It's called the, the Melrose Trading Post. It's just like a bougie swap meet. I guess. Anyway, um, fucking yeah. Little Dicky was there and he walked right past me and I was like, that's little Dicky. And I didn't say hi again. What is, what's wrong with me? I just like people, people that I love walk right by me and I just never have the balls to say hello. Um, but yeah, I love little Dicky. I think he's like straight up a phenomenal rapper regardless of people yeah. like oh unbelievable if people don't fuck with his comedy or whatever like it's fine i get it because i have friends who are like i can't stand little dicky and i'm like i get it like his comedy's not for everybody and his rapping isn't for everybody but you cannot deny the fact that he is so good he is a phenomenal rapper that professional rapper record i must have listened to it's amazing it was probably my go-to album to listen to for about two years yeah like I've, I went to London to see him play to about 800 people. Dude. Well, it wasn't even that, I don't think. Um, and yeah, he's amazing. I would absolutely, oh, I would kill to have him on you. I would murder to have him on you. So if Lil Dicky's listening, <laughs> Dave, David, have you seen, have you seen his show? I, yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, yeah. amazing yeah. show. He's fantastic. Curb enthusiasm for hip hop. Exactly. Um, yeah, love me some, uh, Dave. Dave, if you're listening, come on the podcast for God's sake, and I will kill any of your enemies. So that's fair, fair trade, isn't it? It's that's, a fair trade. That's a weird offer. I don't think you've offered to kill anyone else's enemies so far. Well, I mean, that's, that's a unique. Well, who else? Who else do I really want on you? Um, Fred Durst. I'll kill all your enemies. Um, <laughs> Is that Daryl Plum, Plum, Plumbo from Glassjaw? I will kill whoever you want. And on though, if. Is is Eminem still a Fred Durst enemy? 
I can't kill Eminem. I can't well, kill Eminem. Well, there you go then. You, uh, I, this is getting very complicated. Yeah. Um, be, All right, be, yeah. Anyway, uh, Pat, yeah. obviously... Let's just go back pre- to Patrick, yeah. Before, <laughs> before you go, just to ask a couple more quick things. Obviously, with everything else going on at the moment, you're still going to be trying to push this record as much as you can, but is, is there anything else you can kind of expect or keep an eye out for? Yeah, we, um, we're putting together a live stream show. Um, so we did like one live stream on the day the record came out, but it was like very much just kind of like a hangout, like we're going to play some songs acoustic and then like, we're going to answer fan questions and like do giveaways and that sort of thing. Like it wasn't like a show and it was free. It was just on Twitch. And I think a lot of the, a lot of our peers, what they're doing is like, they're kind of doing, you know, like a, a pay to pay to watch type thing uh, live stream. And I think we're, we're trying to put something together like that. And yeah, so that, I mean, keep an eye out for that for sure. But yeah, we're, we're working on doing that. And then that would be like us playing like literally the whole record front to back full band, um, like real show type stuff. So if we can, if we can get it all sorted, that's probably going to happen. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I guess, the only other stuff we have going on would just be like merch drops, maybe some other stuff. Probably not though. Nothing really. We're just kind of waiting everything out. And then as soon as the world is like allowing us to do it, we will tour again, but that's probably not going to be till like next summer at the earliest, if even then. So hmm. yeah. yeah, we'll see. Um, where can people uh, find your stuff online? Perhaps they're, they're looking for a tattoo. Where can they, um, yeah. yeah, we're going to check you out. Yeah, my, my tattoo Instagram is, okay, so my, my personal Instagram is Pat Frick, P-A-T-F-R-I-C-K, Pat Frick. Uh, my tattoo Instagram is Tat Frick, T-A-T. Oh, yeah. Well done. Yeah. Um, well done. It should be. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Should, well done. It should be well. T-A-T Frick, but it's not because some woman whose name is literally Tatiana Frick uh, has Tat Frick taken. So my, my, my tattoo Instagram is T-A-T-T Frick. Tatiana okay. Double T. Yeah. Double T. Okay. You can find me there. Still works. Um, Bloody Tatiana. <laughs> <laughs> Damn her. We'll have to have Tatiana on now. <laughs> in fact, I think she, she might even be from Brazil. And that's not a joke. I'm serious. No. I swear to God. We've gone she's full circle. Yeah. Yeah, this. We, <laughs> we can talk to her and she's been like, yeah, I've been there. Yeah. I've been there. You should come. And I'm like, yeah, I know I should come. Your people keep telling me. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. yeah thank, thank you so much for doing yeah, this. Absolutely. Um, I've really enjoyed yeah, this. We, everybody go check out that. Uh, no good left to give uh it's out now it's on spotify it's on all good streaming and uh purchasing websites it's uh it's fantastic yeah congratulations on everything so far and um good luck and congratulations on the massive success you're about to have in the future as well i believe thank you guys seriously so much i really i really do appreciate you guys having me like i said i'm glad that we were able to make it work um yeah no this this is great man i i really i like you guys podcast a lot and i'm i'm happy to be a part of it so so thanks again for real yes oh we did that at the same time then i think <laughs> oh that was weird yeah thank you very much to patrick for movement um yeah what a lovely time we had with patrick back a couple uh, a few months ago yeah i can't believe that the old come to brazil thing 
need, well, pay, it technically paid off for them yeah. because they got paid for it, but they didn't get to go to Brazil. <laughs> Mad, didn't it? That's just a crazy business plan. Like, someone's paying you not to do something. Really, if I can get the blackout back together, right, and yeah. I can get all of the haters of the blackout, and it's got to be quite, it's more than the likers <laughs> of the blackout, right? And right. I go, oh, pay us not to come back. What about that? I wonder if we can get a GoFundMe together for that. Also, is another thing, I just realised, when we had Max Cavalera on from Soulfly and Sepultura yes. and R- Riff Fame, yes. We didn't ask him, did he get a lot of come to Brazil messages? (laughs) Well, considering he is from Brazil, I think he travels back quite a bit. Yeah. Do they just say come home? Maybe they do. We'll ask next time. Anyway, yeah. Thank you again (laughs) to Patrick from Movements. Check out Movements' live stream, which is out next Thursday. What's the date on our mug? That is live at Studio 4. The full band Multican live stream performance is available from Thursday, the 20th of May, 2021. Yep, yeah, I know, but it's giving you the full spiel, Sean, because they deserve it. That's how excited I am. I'm excited for everyone to go over to live at studio4.com. That's live at studio4, the number, not the words, dot com. Yeah. They can buy Fuck tickets yeah. and there's exclusive one off merch that's never, ever going to be re printed has even got their little dates of um may 20th on there as well so you can remember the exact day you watched movements on your laptop computer tv phone tablet um yeah yeah we get it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, we know by now we know how fucking streaming works we get it we don't need to name every fucking system we can check it out on but also xbox and ps5 so check them out as well um <laughs> yes and remember to go and pick up a copy of their new record no good left to give if you haven't already probably one of my personal favorite releases of 2020 and last year Ooh. i haven't stopped listening since uh, as i said in the conversation skin to skin is one of my favorite tracks and it's got some absolute gems so if you haven't go and have a bash have a mosh or just become a very sad person in your room because it can it has all elements of everything involved. Yeah, you have mentioned that record a, a good few times. So, uh, yeah, congratulations to the boys on a good album um, and uh, being a good, great band. Yeah, so, well, yeah. It's, it's Morgan Richards approved. And if that means anything to anyone, it's worth a sticker. Nothing I to no one. What? Nothing you to no one. Oh, I don't know. I just want stickers with my thumb on it. My face and firm, just be like Morgan approved. Oh my! And that's what I should do. Wow. I should go to record stores and just put him on like records. Sapling podcast. No, Morgan Richards approves, and people will be like, "What the fuck is this sticker?" And then they'll get more listens to the podcast, surely. And then, and then I'm going to have to go around stick, sticking <laughs> stickers on things, going Sapling, Sean, you sorry about that. <laughs> or, sorry, you just ruined your artwork by coming and sticking our sticker over the top. Oh yeah, that's true. But, yeah, this is very much a Morgan approved album. If I was them, I think about changing my name to. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. work. Anyway, if you've listened to four or more episodes, as I said earlier, Tory party leader and your UK prime minister has said that you must join the Patreon or you will be beheaded. Again, look it up with him. Nothing to do with me. Um, Apparently, I had to get that in as well, just in case it comes back to bite us in the ass. Um, yeah, check out patreon.com forward slash sapnin. Check us out on our socials at sapninpod, at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D on Twitter and Instagram. Um, but on our Patreon, we've got a number of different things 
and tiers for you to choose from with benefits from letters from me and Morgan so you can see how terrible our handwriting is possibly copy it and then send people aggressive letters or there's um zoom calls with the boys um or yeah just become part of a absolutely amazing beautiful com uh, community that we've made um who are the most supportive bunch i've ever come across in my life so thank you to everybody who is a patreon has been a patreon if you're considering it fucking hurry up will you so check out the description of this episode the homeboy morgan has not only written out the description very very well but he's also put in a whole host of names of people who are part of our Patreon. But right now, we've got to thank the top tier members of our Patreon. And they are... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you very much. Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Liwoway, Mikey McDonald's McMuffin Buns. Should really change that now, Mikey. Janelle Caston, Mitch Perry, Emma Barber, Kelly Young, Nathan Croshaw, Dilly Grimwood, Liam Conley, Scooby Drew Styles, Paul Urshfield, Kelly Owen, Kat Besson, Sammy G, Amadine Urbano, Shani Meyer Boxer Anderson, Tony Michael, Justin Dunn, Amy Campion, Murray Grimwood, Johnny Phillips, Scott Jones, Tom Average at Best, Charlotte <laughs> Owen. Dan Gies, Kate Stevenson, Jenny Sexyboy Munster, Danny Eaton, Emily Senegals, Lucy Diaz, Becky Handy, Martina McManus, John and Emma, Louis Cook, Jenny Robinson, Marcy Jacobson, Sharif Awadali, Jason Adequate Shalot, <laughs> Aredia. I see, what they, I see what they're doing. It's because we accidentally tagged the wrong good Charlotte on Instagram. Oh, yeah, we, yeah. And they, and they said, did you mean to? And I said, yeah, thus. I didn't even <laughs> realise there was, apparently there's a band called Good Charlotte. I know we mentioned it with Sam, yeah. but I'd never... Weird, no? Anyway, <laughs> thank you very much. Caroline Robertson, Craig Caravans, Hot or Not, Harris. Again, hot. Oh, and congratulations to Craig Harris, because he goes magnet fishing, and I saw he pulled a gun out of a river. Uh, what? Wait, a gun out of a river? I'm not saying any more about that. Thank you very much. <laughs> Kelly Cannon, Kevin Clark, Carl Pendlebury, Livy Cropper, James McNaught, Stuart McNaught, Lydia Henderson, Ollie. All right, Charles, how's it going? All right. 
Amesbury, Chris Howard, Joshua Crisp, Adam King of the Goths, Parslow, Alice Wood, Keris Andrews, Simon Amos, and last by no means, Connor Lewins. Thank you very much to those people. Yes, we love every single person in our Patreon community. They help this thing go in each and every week. And if you'd like to get involved with all their crazy shenanigans and all that bonus content, then please sign up to patreon.com forward slash sapnin. The lowest tier is from free United States dollars and everything that goes into it helps us continue this podcast. And we need to buy some new equipment pretty fast. So if you want to help us with that, (laughs) it would uh, be very much appreciated because Christmas is a long time away and I don't think either myself or Sean will be on the nice list. Definitely not uh, on my end. And um, yeah, I can't see me winning the lottery anytime soon. No. So um, I've tried as well. So yeah, check out yeah, <laughs> check, yeah, check out patreon.com forward slash happening. That's it. Patrick Miranda, episode 129, Movements, Sapling Podcast with Sean Smith and my good friend Morgan Richards. It's fucking over. You can go now. <laughs> Sapling! Go listen to some of the other episodes, man, for fuck's sake. Oh, tell you what, put it on repeat down the bottom and just knock the sound off so we can get more plays. Thank you. Love you. Sapling. 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 Thank you. Definitely put it on repeat. You're listening to Sapling Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much.